Recently, I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I haven't read Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech in its entirety probably since I took a public speaking class in college. And so with the holiday, the federal holiday tomorrow in mind and thinking and preparing for that, I, I read that wonderful and marvelous speech. And I was struck in reading it, right? We all know the, the very end of the speech where he talks about the dream that he has. But at the beginning of the speech, and frankly for most of the speech, one of the things that Dr. Martin Luther King did was posit the brutal reality of the moment. And sometimes I think as Christians, we can kind of have a Pollyanna-ish look at the world. We know that it's bad, but it's not that bad. But if we look at that wonderful speech from Dr. King, we see how he dreams in Christian hope in the face of a stark reality. In the gospel today, we are reminded of a very similar thing. When there is a need, God desires to come to us in that need and to heal us and to give us what we need. Ours is not some sort of pie-in-the-sky esoteric religion. It is an encounter with a person who loves us and meets us in our reality and saves and redeems us there. This is the God who loves us. Whether it be a shortage of wine at a party or a deep need for healing in our world or simply just in my heart, God meets me there. And not only that, but in that beautiful second reading from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, which is posited in the letter in his discourse on the mystical body of Christ, we are reminded that God loves and gifts each of us uniquely. That each one of us has an essential and a necessary role to play in the redemption and salvation Jesus brings because God shines his face on you and me in a unique and marvelous and perfectly loving way. Our hope comes from the fact that we know this person of Jesus Christ in the midst of our struggle. And so we cannot run away from the difficulties that each of us face individually, whether they be the small obstacles we face day in and day out of work, of study, of relationships, of family, and all of that comes in this world, whether they be the social challenges that we face, the universal challenges, whatever those are, God comes to us. He finds us. He loves us in that. And he uniquely gifts us to be exactly who we need to be in that moment. We're not all going to be the same, but we're all called to the same encounter with a God who loves us, with a God who desires to save and redeem us and to give ultimate meaning and purpose to everything we do in every moment of our entire lives. And in the gospel, we see how this pattern of how God does this for us. What is the start of it? There's a problem. There's a need. This is the first of Jesus' miracles. And Jesus, because he is God, could have gone up to the temple and balanced the temple on the tip of his finger. That is the power that Jesus has. That is the power of God. But the first miracle of Jesus is providing a ridiculous amount of wine for a party. 
This is, I think Father Reginald said this in our meeting, that this is the equivalent of over a thousand bottles of wine. This is enough for the party to go on for a week, for the whole village to be a part of it. But it starts with the need and the problem. Is God the first person in your life to whom you turn when you have a need or a problem? He needs to be. He wants to be. He came into this world so that you're never alone in that. He offers you his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. He offers you his perfect mercy in the sacrament of confession because he wants to encounter you and love you and meet you where you need him. Take your cares to the Lord. Fly to him. He and he alone is the fulfillment of every human desire and need of every human heart. When we go to him, oftentimes we go imperfectly. And this is the great beauty of this mystical body of Christ, as St. Paul calls it. The souls that are with God here on this, in this church, in this time, but also with God in heaven. Interceding and encouraging and leading us to God. Our Blessed Mother, in the same way, takes us when we are in need and leads us to Jesus. That is why the saints and our fellow Christians are so important in our own following of Jesus. Because they help point us to Him. And Mary has a particular role in the history of salvation in leading all of her sons and daughters, which are you and me, united in Christ, to our Blessed Lord to the one person who can give us redemption and freedom. But once we are there, the plot thickens. We do whatever Jesus tells us. And because we tend to overcomplicate things in our lives, we think, well, what could that possibly be? That could be millions and millions of things. And while that's true, God, because he loves you and me so much, has revealed his truth. He has given us his holy word and scriptures. He has given us, because not all that is revealed is revealed in scripture, he has given us the fullness of his teachings in the, in, the, in the church to help us understand what he lays out in scripture. He has given us the truth so that whatever is in front of us, we can know with a semblance of certitude whatever Jesus wants us to do. This is why we must be immersed in that encounter with Jesus in prayer, in an encounter with Jesus, in a time with Scripture and study of the teachings of the church, so that when we take him our problems, we can do what he desires us to do. And when we do that, brothers and sisters, the Lord is never outdone in generosity. He blesses us immensely, way more than we could ever give to him, perhaps not in the way that we thought, Perhaps they just thought he was going to turn this into wine and it would be good wine. He gives even better wine. We don't know exactly what it means and what is on the other side. But we do know that it will be greater than anything we could have ever anticipated. If we but do his will. And then, last but certainly not least, our scriptures lay out for us today, especially in the first reading and in the psalm, our extra role in this. It's not just to do God's will like a slave or something like that. He sets us free. That's not what he's calling us to do. He wants to sh us to share in that work of redemption and in the redemption of others. 
That beautiful verse we heard from the psalm, proclaim his marvelous deeds to all the nations. Isaiah says, you shall be a glorious crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem held by your God. You shall be called my delight and your land espoused, for the Lord delights in you. And we are called to share that with other people. We are called to share all of it with everyone. Because we share in the hope that inspired Dr. King that through our faith, through each and every one of us, following the will of God, loving our brothers and sisters, being made new in His image, as we believe as Catholics, through our participation in the life of the church, we will do God's will and He will bless us and create a new and shower forth His love, mercy, and grace upon us and the world that is so desperately in need of salvation and redemption.